Welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. It's Caroline here. I'm not doing the regular intro today, as you can tell, because in light of current events, Karen and Taryn and I aren't able to get into a room like we normally do. We always record the show in person, with the exception of one or two episodes, because we feel like that the conversation flows better and the energy is just overall better. But because of everything going on, we're trying out some new digital recording software, which is taking some getting used to. I probably sound different than normal. But the other night, we actually recorded an episode with a great friend of ours. Her name is Erica Ward. She's a mom of five, and she homeschooled her kids for many years. And with so many families now faced with homeschooling and helping their kids through schoolwork while schools are closed, we thought it would be a great time to pick Erica's brain and ask her all of the questions you have about homeschooling and kids' spaces in general. She's a super mom, so I think you'll really enjoy this episode. I also wanted to mention that one of our favorite aspects of the show is getting your emails and messages. Right now, especially, we'd love to hear your feedback. What sort of topics would you like us to cover? Do you have any questions for us? Please let us know. Send us an email at podcastballardesigns.net or comment on our Instagram post or on a blog post. However you want to send us your feedback, we would really appreciate hearing it. So with that, let's get to the show. So we are very excited because we have Supermom, Atlanta interior designer, mother of five, and former homeschooling expert. I guess she's still an expert technically, but you do not homeschool anymore. I do not. Um, it's on my resume though. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we want to talk to you. Her name's Erica Ward. And <laughs> she, it took me a while to actually get your name out. I was going to um, say. But you might have listened to her on a previous episode. I believe you were on episode five. So she's old school. Way back when. Yes. We've been yeah. friends for many years. Yeah. You've done, you've worked with, we've worked together a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot happening in the world right now. And many of our listeners, I feel like I've been seeing so much on um, social media around homeschooling and people talking, joking, of course, about teachers don't get paid enough, which, you know, is true. And like how they never realized how difficult homeschooling was. And I know that everyone is just struggling right now. So I thought that we could. <laughs> Struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> We are yes. all stuck in our homes with our yes. families now, full time. Oh, that's true. I did want to mention that we are recording virtually. So that's probably why the sound is not quite to the level it normally is. But we wanted to bring you this episode. So we were not going to let something like microphones and Skype get in the way of that. So <laughs> anyway, so we wanted to talk to Erica because she we knew she had a lot of experience around homeschooling and kids spaces. I mean, you're a mom of five, so you know it all. So we thought that you could share some of your wisdom with us and our listeners and we could just pick your brain. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, I can probably first start about uh, my decision to homeschool. Maybe that's a good place for us to start. Uh, yeah. We want to know why. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So at the time, I had uh, a child who was struggling terribly in school, and uh, she was taking um, 
she was in the public school program where they were assisting uh, kids with learning challenges. And then I had another child who was on the other end of the spectrum who was extremely gifted. And I felt as if, you know, I say felt, this is just, it was just my opinion. Uh, the, the school system, they do a great job there. Um, the teachers were fantastic. But as a mother, I still felt like there was something missing. And I felt like I could give it to them. And so that first year, uh, I homeschooled um, my set of twins and my other son. And it was way more than I could have ever even <laughs> conjured up in my head. <laughs> and so that school year ended with me actually finding placement for uh, Ava, that's my child with learning challenges, uh, at a school here in, in Atlanta called the Bedford School. And I continued with the boys on our homeschool journey. And it was rewarding in the sense where uh, you got to be the person who teaches your kids these new concepts and ideas. And I'm a complete nerd, so I love to read and I love the education piece of it. Then I also had to create sort of another environment outside of the home that would continue to enrich them. Uh, so I enrolled them in art classes where I wasn't the teacher. Uh, they were in sports outside of home, uh, organized sports. So they got to interact with other kids, uh, coaches. I thought it was very important for them to not just see me all day, every day, <laughs> but also be able to receive instruction from others. And mm -hmm. so being in charge of cultivating not only your child's educational endeavors or academic endeavors, you're also in charge of them in kind of crafting their vocational education as mm -hmm. well in the home. It's a lot of you know, pressure, I'm sure. It is. And um, I was terrified at first thinking, well, I guess all moms are to an extent, not wanting to make a mistake, you know, with their kids right. and making sure that they are going to be competitive in the long run uh, with other kids their age, um, academically and socially. Mm -hmm. uh, but what it boiled down to for me is that I wanted to raise children who were not just um, astute, but had good character <laughs> and mm -hmm. they were honest, just like decent human beings, you know. Um, <laughs> good goal. <laughs> yeah, because if I didn't teach them anything, they were likable. <laughs> Somebody might like them enough to like help them. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, good call. Good call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And social, not social skills, but um, uh, what's, what, help me out, Caroline, like the skills that you need to be able to like uh, cook and clean, do things around the house that would not only, you know, give them a sense of um, mm -hmm. self, right? And um, auto uh, autonomy, that's the word I'm looking for. And to be able to do some things and not have to ask me all the time. Because um, then we did have two other kids come behind them. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm like, it's getting kind of crowded here. I need to have somebody <laughs> else to know how to make a piece of toast and pour some cereal. So, you know, help a mama out. So anyway, um, they learned those things too. Um, mm -hmm. and so I really think we did a great job if I can, you know, pat to myself on the back. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel like it at the time, <laughs> but looking at, you know, over the years, uh, what we had done in the past and uh, we could talk you know, more later about what it looks like now. Um, we didn't do too bad. We didn't do too no. bad at all. Oh my yeah. gosh. They lived, right? Yeah. They yeah. And they still like me. They love me. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Okay. Yes. Yes. So 
Bravo, super mom. Yes. Currently, super I don't know how show. you do it. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so let's talk about this because I think we're all kind of feeling this um, yes. from a schedule. Did you get up, mm-hmm. get the kids up at the same time every day? Yes, for the most part. Because um, again, I had one child that really needed the routine. Um, but I think mm-hmm. all kids yearn for some type of structure. And then also, I had to be able to have a way to hold them accountable, you know? So we got up, we had a, we had a schedule, uh, a loose schedule. Yes. Caroline oh, wait, Sam. I have a question. I'm raising yeah. my, my hand like I'm in Erica's class. Yeah. Um, can you, I don't think you mentioned how old your kids were at the time, like while you were homeschooling. Right. So let's see, the twins were eight and the third child, he was six going on seven. Okay. Yeah. So like first and second grade? Yeah. So I taught... I taught, I did, but I taught uh, second grade and then the little guy was actually pretty advanced. So I ended up teaching him the second grade curriculum as well. So he would have been going to the first grade, but we kind of skipped over that a little bit. But I did go back though. And this again, it for a parent to decide they're going to homeschool, you have to have some frame of reference. So I did go back and do some research to find out what those core skills kids learned in the first grade Mm -hmm. before taking him into the second grade, because each of those years build upon um, concepts and ideas that they're going to have to use for the next grade. And so I did do my due diligence with that um, to make sure that he was solid, but he was just really hungry for more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... And that's what he got. I gave it to him. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your schedule talk. Okay, so back to the schedule. Yeah, so we yes. had, a, we had a schedule every day. Um, everybody had to be you know, dressed, teeth brushed, um, breakfast, and then we started school. And we had a designated lunchtime. We had recess. But then, of course, like the times that we had to leave the house to go to art class, uh, they had Spanish um, they had practices. So you have to still, you know, it, a schedule is required because you do want to make sure you get all the work done in time for the other activities that we had scheduled for the day. Okay. So did you have, speaking of you had scheduled times, but when you had the spaces as well to make your kids feel like they weren't trapped at home, how did you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trapped at home. Yeah. You know what? My kids are really homebodies anyway, but to speak to your point, and I don't want anybody listening to this to feel like they have to have this elaborate of a space that we had, but we did dedicate a room uh, in our basement as a school room. And it was an investment that we made. It was an unfinished space initially, and but it was an investment we made because we felt, you know, that this was going to be a long-term thing. We knew we had several children coming behind them and we also knew that we needed somewhere they could really focus. Um, and we wanted kind of more of an academic setting, if you will. So each of them had desk, right? Um, whiteboard, bought that, you know, from office supply. Um, in the middle, we had a sofa. So we weren't always sitting at the desk. Uh, sometimes we would gather in the middle for reading on the sofa, or I did allow them to, you know, do their homework or, you know, it was very kind of loose, but we primarily did school in that room. Um, you know, we had big windows in there, lots of light. So it was a day, it's a daylight basement. 
But before we even had that, we did school at the dining room table. So again, I think taking breaks, you know, when we did take those 15 minute breaks, you know, they could go outside, walk around, they could go to another room, get a snack. So I think the breaks are a good part of making that day palatable, you know, Um, just like when we go to work, you know what I mean? You know, being able to take a break while we're at work uh, helps to kind of get through the day and be able to stay focused on, you know, whatever your tasks are, responsibilities for the day. Right. Say you're setting up a temporary, you know, like many people now have their kids at home. It's not permanent, but they want to, you know, give them, give their kids as much structure, like you talked about as possible. Do you think that they should just like kind of take over a corner of a room, a dining room table, like you mentioned, or some space to serve this purpose? Sure. And it's not even so much for uh, tradition's sake, but I think about ergonomics and how, you know, kids, a lot of kids, especially with cell phones and even adults, the way that we're holding our phones and our tablets and things of that nature really put a lot of stress on our necks. And I know that from going to the chiropractor and, and them speaking about the number of children that are in their office for that very reason. So I think for that simple fact that you want to make sure that your kids are sitting in a chair and at a table and it's somewhat er- ergonomically correct and not lying on the sofa all day, you know, um, because, again, you want them to not only be able to um, learn, but you also want them to be healthy in the process. And then also I think it helps them to stay focused uh, at whatever it is that they're working on. You know, I see a lot of terminology like unschooling and uh, I can't think of another one, but that's the one that sticks out in my head. And it's just kind of going against the norm, which is fine to an extent, but I still think there has to be some type of, um, there, there is a reason why some things are uh, there, like the desk and the chair, right? right? Or the dining room table and the chair. Them coming behind, from behind that, you know, from time to time, perfectly fine. But I think, I don't care if you have a dedicated room or you don't have a dedicated room, even if it's a TV tray and a chair, just, you know, a surface where the kid can sit comfortably and be able to do the work that they have to do for the day. So what sort of things can we do to transform? I mean, I know obviously a chair, desk makes mm-hmm. sense, but mm-hmm. if you're the one that's sort of leading the lessons, I mean. You need somewhere to sit too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you need somewhere to sit. Like where do you put all your supplies? I don't know. I So, okay. Yeah, now, granted, I'm asking questions yet. I don't have any personal experience with this because my daughter's one and a half. She doesn't really need, you know, homeschooling yet now that she's home with us for the next, for the, you know, foreseeable future. But, um, I imagine there are a lot of, there's a lot of stuff probably, right? There there is a lot. Where do you put the stuff? (laughs) There is a lot of stuff. I found some great resources, um, on Amazon that would allow me to, um, be able to categorize, um, their, uh, subjects by color, so to speak. So then I can be able to go into each of those drawers and be able to check whatever work that they had done for the day. Um, and it was a central place where we could go back and, and find <laughs> the books, right? Because then that's another thing. If you don't have a dedicated space for everything, things get lost, right? Um, and then I think the bigger picture now, I think if you have older kids, things are done 
virtually now. So maybe there aren't as many books and as many papers, uh, even though I've printed off a 45 page uh, weekly <laughs> agenda for my first grader. I'm like, Lord, it's a lot of paper. Um, <laughs> but having that and I mean, I, I can go on more in depth, but I just don't want to limit somebody's um to dim anybody's dream that does not have a lot of money per se to put together a full school room, you know, cause you can right. spend, you know, as much as you want or as little as you want. But I think the primary um, purpose for the school room is for it to function right. and for it to be comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it could yeah. conducive to learning. Yes. Yeah. I would well, imagine um, not having, you know, TV nearby to like right. not having distractions probably. Right. But I think it also gives the kid an incentive that if they are very much so into the TV, it's kind of using that as incentive-based learning. You know, hey, you have to earn some TV time, earn tablet time, earn game time. And this is how we do that. Uh, for my children, I um, showed them that school is kind of like their job. Like this is your only job, friend. So <laughs> let's get to it. I have, you know, and, and I did work too while we homeschooled as well. So having them, you know, hold themselves accountable, uh, take responsibility for their own learning. You know, of course I'm there as a guide, but just making sure they're really applying themselves and focusing themselves for a time, right? To be rewarded with a break or be re- rewarded with something that they really wanted to do that day or, you know what I mean? Um, and I try to reward them with more, experiences as opposed to like snacks or treats or toys and that kind of thing. Um, Because the the whole thing is just like you and I, if we don't get our work done during the week, then we may not be at the concert on the weekend. We might, we might be there. No, no, no. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sacrifice some other things, right? Maybe maybe not get together with the girls or whatever we wanted to do if we hadn't completed our work. Uh, So it sounds like, Though having even to your point, having a sofa for when it was time to book read um, was kind of a probably a nice break. I know for Mm -hmm. me, even thinking about setting up my own little kind of workspace at home, it's been hard to figure out what space works best for me and uh, what am I not going to get bored of. And um, I started at the dining table and now I've moved to the actual desk in our den. Um, But anyway, I just was more of do you think it is kind of having those little kind of uh, different rooms to go in that kind of helps to break it up? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I mean, think about if you're teaching science, that might, the kitchen might be a better place to do that if you guys are doing an experiment, right? Um, oftentimes we did go outside when the weather was good. And so I've got like patio furniture and all that good stuff, or we go on the deck and sit, and well, again, we're at a table, but we sit there and do the lesson. Um, and they not get distracted, you know, by like, oh, look, squirrel. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> it's not of that. You know, they still know that we're just kind of switching it up a little bit, getting some fresh air. And I think I know for sure they appreciated that. It was a really great time um, as a mom to be able to do that, even though it was somewhat stressful. But the part that helped me to let me see, I, I, let's talk about the challenges. So the biggest challenge really was trying to differentiate yourself from like teacher mom and mom, mom, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, especially with my daughter who was having a learning challenges, I didn't want that to affect our relationship 
you know, in a sense where, you know, I'm like, how is it that you were just on the ball yesterday and then today you don't remember anything I just taught you, right? So that could, you know, if you don't really know what's going on with your kid, it can make you feel like a failure, so to speak. But really, mom is not about you. It's about them and trying to figure out what's not working for them, right? And how to get them the help that they need. So just, it takes a lot of um, introspecting, introspective um, kind of uh, uh, self-examination, you know what I mean? Even when you're going through this process, because you want to do well as a teacher, but then you also have to think of your children as students in a sense where you see, I was working for them, right? What I'm trying to say is really not about us, it's about them, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay, okay. I, I was <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those hard things that you're trying to put into words. And so that's kind of where I'm getting wrapped up a bit. But I, I guess specifically for Ava, that's my daughter that I'm making reference to. I, w- I literally like cried one day when I was like, oh my God, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? Am I a bad teacher? Did I not explain it the right way? And I heard myself saying, I, I, I. And that's why I said it's really not about us. It's about them. Yeah. As long as they're absorbing and they're learning and what's best for them. But how do you look at her and, you know, again, when she's not getting it and be the loving mom, but also the teacher, like you said. Right. So what we ended up having to do is get professional help and uh, took her to get evaluated and um, like a, a child, um, she had a psychiatric evaluation. And so it's like an 18 page report that was given to us at the end. And it really opened my eyes to what was going on. Right. But it's also a little bit hard to accept that this report, this, this, this dim report (laughs) is talking about your kid, but you can see, Oh, it gave, it, it gave me some understanding, right. As to what was going on. And it helped me to know how to do that better until we got her placed in a professional setting where people who have been trained to deal or trained to help children with learning challenges. Um, and, and it's great now, you know, I, I follow their lead, you know, I support her teachers and they've done a great job even with the transition right now with her being at home. Um, she's probably been the most independent of all the kids right now. Uh, in her learning. And really, that was the other way around before. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, the thing that that would like scare me the most, I think, is, and I'm so impressed that you did this because, and I guess maybe depending on your kid's age, you wouldn't be as intimidated, but I would feel intimidated to know the material enough myself to feel comfortable teaching it, you know? I mean, I suppose first grade, you're like, okay. <laughs> I got this. Right? I got that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, yeah. Ooh, I have a good question. Caroline, but, where, what grade do you think you would start dropping off? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the subject, I think. <laughs> Math would start really fast. <laughs> Things would get dicey fast. But, you know, English, like history. All right. that's I can probably handle that. But I guess my question is how much preparation, especially, you know, I know a lot of people right now, they're, they had no preparation. They had no preparation. (laughs) 
no advance warning. No. This is not a plan. They did not say, hey, I'm going to homeschool my kid with, an, with that intention. Okay. So how do you jump into it quickly? And what sort of planning did you do? Did you plan the day before, the night before? No, like, absolutely. How did you go about that part? Yeah. No, that? no. So I reviewed the material the night before. Um, and even right now, the teachers have sent home, you know, the curriculum and the, the lesson plan, so to speak. So I can review what's happening the next day, get any sheets printed. Um, I actually put it on their desk. And all of this preparation really helps me too in the morning because if I oversleep or if I just don't feel like getting them up just yet, you know, <laughs> I'm not scrambling, right? When it time when the time when the time comes for them to get started, it's already there on the desk. Or really, if you get into the habit of doing that, if someone else needs to come in and help you, right, on a day that I might need to go out, my husband can do it, or a babysitter can do it, right? Um, because you've kept this process in place, right? The kids already know what's going on, and if you've prepared the night before for the day ahead, I mean that's with anything, right? Even with this, putting together a work schedule um, or even a meal plan, you know, that kind of, Oh, that's another topic there. Oh Ooh. gosh. Yeah. Serving lunch. Ooh, serving lunch. I'm like, dang, y'all got to eat too. Yeah. <laughs> See, I even feel that with my two-year-old. I'm like, yeah. listen, I wish you could feed yourself right now. Cause yeah. I don't, that would save me some time. Are you, oh, were you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, and uh, it's funny because I, have a group of girlfriends that do dinner regularly. And I remember about a year and a half ago, them joking about how all of their kids were in um, daycares. And they were saying that they're like so frustrated because they were saying that when their child was at school, she ate great. Every report from the teacher was, she's such a great eater. She eats everything. Every, you know, they give you little like summaries of how the day went. She ate everything of all the different meals. And then they come home and she seems to all of a sudden become very picky. And I feel like I'm in that position right now because Blair's a great eater at school. She always gets a good eater star. And here at home, she only, you know, yesterday she loved oranges and today she will not touch them. I mean, every kid is like that to some degree, I know, but it's just that you're like, oh gosh. I, I planned, I planned, I bought you the thing I thought you wanted. <laughs> I have to prep all the meals. I have to clean up all the meals. Like, can't you just eat the darn things? Right. But I'm oh. gonna tell you, here's a little secret that I either read it because I didn't make this up. I think I read it somewhere. <laughs> Erica, you probably did. You, you invented yeah. it. <laughs> I can't say credit, but anytime they help prepare the meal, they'll eat it. Mm, they, yeah, that's They right. have a vested, you know, interest in meal. They participate and they get to proudly say, oh, I made this or I helped to make this. And I don't care how ridiculous it looks or how bad it tasted. They they eat it because they made it, right? So, the other trick that I've they- learned is if mom mm-hmm. and dad are oh, eating yeah. it, <laughs> yes. she immediately wants it. Yes. I will yes. literally have the same thing, but, she, but I, it's mine. It's yours. And she doesn't want the one on her plate, even though this is, I mean, you know kids yeah okay so so we got a meal prep as well that will help our success in the morning too even even if they help prep the meals yeah like even 
Blair, you know, put the crackers, I mean, half of them would go in her mouth, but if she put the other half in a little <laughs> snack bag, when it comes time for snacks, she may go get the ones that she packed for herself. Yeah. Right? That's true. Just a, just a thought, just a thought. Yeah. No, that's a great one for helping us to, again, anything that can help everyone right now, everyone's like, yes, I will take all the tips. <laughs> also, it's an activity. I mean, it, because I, I feel like, what? how can I fill this time more? You know, like you're, yes. you're eagerly awaiting nap time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What can I do to take up 15 minutes? You know, we've cleaned up our toys. Sort crackers. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great oh, plan to me. I remember now life skills. Mm, yes. Life skills. That, those, that was the um, frame. That was what you were thinking earlier. Yeah. Oh, yes. Life skills. Yeah, life skills. Okay. Do you have, uh, during the school day, do you have any tricks for passing the time quicker? Like, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) your face. Yeah. No, no. Read more books. It does seem like for me, it goes by really fast. And I don't know if it's because I have so many children here, but (laughs) (laughs) if I just had one, right? I would think if we had the activities planned, that means we have to follow them to the letter. But if we had something planned, I had an idea of what we could do. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if there's one activity that goes longer than another. Right. Or one that doesn't go so well, I have like a backup activity. Mm -hmm. So I think having, again, planning. Right. That's the difference maker. You can't you can't go willy nilly on these things, you know. Okay. (laughs) Because the kids want structure. They want that. They need it. Right. They need you. They're looking at you like, well, what's next? You can't be looking at them asking them what's next. Because you don't (laughs) want to know what they want. (laughs) You don't want to know what their ideas are for what's next. (laughs) True, true, true. true. Yeah. You got to know what's next. Okay. Oh, but I help pass the time. I can tell you another thing, too. Um, Like dance parties. You know what I mean? So sometimes if they're not focused. And they got to get those wiggles out. You just turn on some music and just dance, 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 dance. Get it out. That's a good one. And you're like, okay, ooh, mama's tired. Mm. <laughs> Back to this English. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's another good, like, good one. mental break, physical mental break. break. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot for everybody. Yeah. All right. Okay. I was wondering if you can put on your designer hat for a second. Always. And maybe we can just talk about spaces in general. Yes. You know, even if you're not homeschooling, mm-hmm. you're probably getting a lot of use out of your playroom right now. Yeah. Are there things that you are you sort of your tried and true playroom, kids' room type of tricks design? So I'm glad you asked. Yes. So let's think about Pinterest for a second, right? Ooh. That's generally where people go for inspiration. And we get seduced by like these super cute playrooms, right? And then mm-hmm. if you take that and you try to implement <laughs> it your home and it goes terribly wrong, then you're like, you know, I just wasted a lot I'm a of failure. Time. I am a failure. It might not go that deep, but you'd be really disappointed, right? <laughs> so depending upon the child's age. So let's take Blair, for example. Things need to be within her reach, right? In order for her to actually pull them out and to be able to put them up. So, right? So think about the age of your child, the height of your child, and how they can be able to help clean up, right? Or be able Mm -hmm. to access the things that they are, you know, that they're allowed to access alone, you know? 
uh, versus, <laughs> you know, the hot glue gun might be a little bit higher on yeah. the shelf, right? <laughs> Not in the, the space where they can reach. So that's important. The other thing for me too is um, performance of like the rugs or whatever that you've got on the floor. Mm-hmm. There's one really great uh, trick that I use all the time, especially with people with family, uh, kids and pets, is I'll have um, like wall-to-wall carpet bound into a rug, like the stained master carpets bound into a rug. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, put a nice um, a rug pad underneath it. So any spills and things like that can be easily cleaned up, right, without a problem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've seen people use outdoor rugs. They're not as soft or they don't have the loft that a regular rug would. But if you, your kid's brutal, then you might want to consider that something that you can hose off outside, you know, yeah. and uh, y'all can still get along at the end of the day. Um, the other thing for kids' spaces, if they're little, I, I don't do drapes. Uh, in kids' rooms that are tiny because they pull up on them, right? And you've got a whole nother issue because they're pulling the drapes down, right? Right. (laughs) You don't care anything about how cute they are. They're trying to get to that window, to look out the window. They're trying Mm -hmm. to just pull up, you know, one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I do a Roman shade. uh, I do blinds sometimes. But you have to be able to have the cord loop on the side for safety. So mm-hmm. I think about all of those things first. Um, I also think about how how can I make a room beautiful without having a bunch of things on the floor? So like wall art, right? They can't mm-hmm. reach that, but they can enjoy the benefits of colors, patterns, things of that nature, murals, mm-hmm. wall murals, right? Or even putting things on the ceiling, you know, as a wall covering, colors, like paint, um, murals again, the light fixtures, they can't reach those. So just <laughs> all those things that you can put out of their reach that'll really make the room cute, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, that stuff is more for you. Yeah. It seems like, <laughs> you know, like you, you want your right. kid's room to be cute. I do. I'm mm-hmm. not ashamed to say I that. I can appreciate like, it though. You know? I mean, I want her to like it, obviously, but. Right, right. You, you want it to look nice because you're also going to be in there too. Right. So, and then, yeah. you know, and anybody listening to this podcast uh, loves their home, right? And they want yeah. a good looking home. And so that's how you get it. You put mm-hmm. all the beauty into the things that they can't reach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I how you do that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lighting is is a great thing because I always think like, you know, with the All exception of maybe your is above six feet or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, well, no, above three feet, depending upon three how you do it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put all spend all your money above four feet in your. Table. I love it. That that is some good <laughs> advice. Yes. Well, I like what you were talking about with um, putting you know kids being able to put their do their own tidying up and stuff, especially in a playroom. And I was thinking, um. One of our guests mentioned this in her episode, and I don't know um, what number it was, but her name is Tracy Zeller, and she has twins too. She's a twin mom, and um, she mentioned, and I thought this was genius, and I haven't done this, but I should. um, She labeled all of her bins with pictures instead of words, Mm -hmm. because obviously before kids could read, that way they could see the Legos on the side of the bin. And I thought that was so genius. So yeah, I just wanted yeah. to mention that. Well, um, the other thing too, though, is putting the words and the pictures beside Yeah. Yeah. Both. That right. way they learn what the word is. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah. Homeschool mom coming in right there. (laughs) (laughs) You're a thinker. I like it. The other thing, too, that's important is um, designing a space that um, can transition with the kids Mm. because you're putting, I think anytime you're spending money, it's an investment. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but anytime you're taking away money that you can be using to do something else, like buy groceries (laughs) or pay Mm -hmm. utilities, you know, because design is really um, a luxury, no matter how you cut it, you know, it's it's not a necessity, right? So the things that you are buying, hopefully will have some longevity. So again, I think about the artwork as being something that can be switched out, right? Or even something as simple as, um, a, a light fixture, you know, you might have something that's more juvenile for them, but then also something that you can switch out later on that doesn't hurt your pocket so much, right? Or you can just buy something classic that will grow with them and then change the wall color. You know, it's always something that I try to make sure that my foundation pieces are things that would last mm-hmm. and then we can play with like the walls, right? Play with the, the bedding, play yeah. with the rugs that type of thing. Yeah. Right. The accents. But, but you're going to have this bed from like three to 18, right? Right. <laughs> you're going to sleep in no, this bed. No, I, that's smart, I love for that. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I used a day bed or there's a day bed in Elliot's room and he just plays in it, but he still uses his crib. And then, but I have a swivel chair and a dresser that I threw his diaper stuff on back in the day. And I hope to reuse all those pieces and transition mm-hmm. them to the day bed and save me some money in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Same. I have a twin in my room and it's, it was my twin that I used growing up. Um, and that's what she's going to sleep in until she goes to college. Uh (laughs) Like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. In the twin bed until I went to college and then slept in the twin bed in college. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, that that's right. And you know what? I remember something actually from the first podcast that we did with you and I thought it was so smart and so such a simple thing, but mm-hmm. probably something people don't think about is you said that you like to make sure the, um, what is the word that you used? The um, shell, shell of the room. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. You even knew where I was going with this. <laughs> um yeah, but you want you like to make sure that the shell of the room is perfect before you add any of the, you know, I guess the next layer. So, yeah, your ceiling, your light fixture, your window treatments, all of that. And I think that's so smart. And I think you even said if those things aren't right, like the other stuff is never going to look right. Um. Do you want to explain it too? You can do a better job probably explaining it than I can. No, no, you did it. So um, what Caroline ex- is explaining is how I address the shell of a room before I start any design. That would be the ceiling, walls, floors. Because if you get that part right, anything that you put the next layer, whether it be furniture, um, uh, yeah, furniture, right, uh, in the room would, uh, would look great. Because uh, if you don't, so the, the flip side of that, though, is if you don't get the shell right, then the furniture won't look so good, right? It's mm-hmm. almost the same thing as like, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> my husband's like, you're terrible at analogies, but I'm going to try it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I guess you could say like, you know, 
you're not taking a shower, right? But then you put on this ball gown, but then your hair is disheveled and you smell awful, but you've got this beautiful gown on, right? Versus mm-hmm. if you're smelling all good, your hair is right, but you got an ugly dress. We've seen that at the Oscars and the Emmys or whatnot. <laughs> you gotta look past yeah. the ugly dress because the foundation is just stunning, right? That oh, is true. Ever, um, that was a good one, right? When, yeah, no, that, that was it worked. Good. I pictured um, myself dirty trying on clothes and being like, nope, doesn't yeah, look as good. Do y'all do this? I If I order something online, I never try it on unless I am oh, somewhat nice. decent looking. Yeah, yeah. Because then I, no matter how well the thing fits, if I – Look, if, your foundation if I'm is- feeling gross, then I yeah. will send it back because I'm like, ugh, gross. I don't like it. So <laughs> I always like at least have my hair and, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't like come back from the gym, you know? Right. So, but it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's, a, I think that analogy works. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh gosh. But, you know, again, making the kids a part of the process, I think makes it a total win. And I'm all about this. It's not reverse psychology, but it's a psychological thing, right? Where you're like, hey, guys, I really want to make your room look great. What What do you think you need? Like, I would interview the kids, you know? What do you oh. think that you need in here? It looks like to me that you might need a place for your, those, what are those little spinning top, Beyblades. They're like these little weird spinning tops that my boys love. <laughs> you need a place to put your Beyblades or your Legos or your cars. Can you think of anything? You know, then they start thinking about things. Okay, you know, if you were to think about a theme in here, do you like comic books or do you like this? Or do you like that? Or do you, you know, just kind of really talking to them about it and showing them pictures. What do you think about this? You already have it planned out right in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give them a little bit of say so at least they feel like they have some say so. Again, goes back to that whole food prep thing where they're helping and then the result will eat the dinner as you're kind of help them. Them helping you design the room makes them want to keep the room up. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. At least it has in my house. Good luck with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. We need it. We need it right now. I feel like Gosh, yeah. my house is either, it's just constantly a mess, but who knows how we'll make it through in a few I weeks. I like that with little kids. You know what I mean? I mean, they want to be where you are. Uh, they don't care about putting anything back. They're just It's just all about fun times, right? Oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, I just, I think, <laughs> I think my struggle right now is just coming up with enough activities to really... You know, I I feel like I'm will think, oh, I'll do this and it'll be great fun and it'll take thirty minutes and then it takes five minutes and I'm like, Oh God. Now what am I gonna do for twenty five minutes? I had yes. my plan, but it didn't work. But um I think but, I might just start like baking every day. Right, but even when Blair goes to daycare, they have a routine. They have circle it's true. time. Yes, right? they have circle time, they snack have time. time. They go to potty time, they have sorting, um, mm-hmm. they think songs all yeah. that sing songs 30 minutes you know different songs not the same song but you know <laughs> they, sing songs. Yeah. they sing songs they finger paint you need a list mm-hmm. Caroline I can make you a list honey oh please <laughs> no, you also right. CC made to this yeah. <laughs> oh, they, oh they get dressed you know she teach her how to dress herself you know let's put her oh, pants that's a good on. one yeah that is a good one mm-hmm. yeah okay that's a, that's a smart okay I can try that okay. um Okay. 
So we went over spaces. We went over yes. scheduling, yes. prepping. All right. What are what else are we missing out on? Uh, I just think having fun. You know what I mean? We can get into the whole routine of doing this at this time at that at that time. Then it drains you of like the fun that you can have. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally guilty of draining the fun out of things, right? Mm-hmm. My husband's a fun guy. And I, <laughs> I don't want to be resentful of your spouse because they're always the one that's bringing in the fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be a little bit more fun. And it, it takes effort because I am a serious person. I'm a very driven person. But my kids, all of them aren't the same as me, right? So just really not draining the fun out of the thing, right? Just trying mm-hmm. to find a way to still hug and relate and take a break and you know what I mean just be easy like it's gonna be fine yeah everything's gonna work out thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us we really appreciate it and for and with our listeners oh sure thing and I you know the last kind of um what is it parting words right (laughs) mom you got this every mom you've got what it takes to do this right it's it's in you. And if you don't know, then it's okay to ask another mom. But what you should not do, though, is try to mimic somebody else's process, right? You have, you know your kids, you know your family style, you know your demands. Do what is, you do a custom, right, schedule for mm-hmm. your family. And it will work out better than you trying to mimic somebody else's schedule, right? Yeah. All right. I feel like that that is a great send off. That's it is. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your super mom wisdom with us. We oh. needed it. <laughs> yes. I'm going to DM ideas. you for more ideas. Yeah, yeah. No, please, please do. And I'm going to tap into you guys if I've run out, you know, so. We're <laughs> here. Yes, we for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Erica, tell everyone where they can find you follow you. And also you recently posted about your homeschool room on your Instagram. And I thought that was really fun to see. So y'all should go check that out for sure. So, um, my day job, I'm actually an interior designer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I actually opened in the showroom. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. I did know that. I saw it on your Instagram. Tell us about it. Okay. A major build out going on at the same time. But anyway, so you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, you've got this. Oh, I've got this. Yeah. Uh huh. So uh, my web address is ericaward.com. It's Erica with the K. And uh, you could also find me uh, at Mrs. Erica Ward on all my social handles, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. And uh, our showroom is opening in Fayetteville uh, the top of next month, prayerfully, right? <laughs> with all that's going awesome. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And for anybody who is a... Um, aspiring designer or a working mother or someone who's interested in, you know, joining the workforce and doesn't know whether they can do both at the same time. You can, you really can. And I grew my business um, with five children. I grew my family of five while being a designer, an interior designer. And it's about, like I said, examining your, your family structure, your demands and what you can do and uh, being flexible, right. And being patient with yourself and your family. Yeah. 
Well, and and I I will mention that we we did talk a lot about your background and your business and um, a lot more tips on the previous episode. So I will link to that in the description of the podcast in your podcast app. So you can check out the other episode where you can learn more about Erica. Lovely. Thank you, ladies. Well, you are so inspirational. Thank you for helping us all realize we can do it. Yes. We needed some extra um, encouragement. So get, sure. some sleep, get some sleep. Yes, first. you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but first sleep. Like it. First. Yeah. Close your eyes. Always. Okay. Well, I think that's our show. And y'all, please send us your feedback on this episode. We're sort of um, struggling here because we don't typically record via, I don't know, the interwebs. I guess, without a better way to say it. We are normally recording in person. Um, and so we're kind of learning some new technology. And so I hope that the audio sounds good. But if you have feedback, let us know. And if there are other topics you want us to cover, let us know because um, we want to bring you stuff that is really going to help, especially in this time where we are all at home. Now, that may not be just general decorating ideas. Maybe you have a specific topic you want us to talk about. So let us know in the reviews or send us an email at podcast.ballardesigns.net or just comment on a social post or something like that. Um, so don't forget to check out the show notes to this episode at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and send your questions to podcast.ballardesigns.net. Leave a review in your podcast app. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, (laughs) happy happy decorating. decorating. (laughs) I think we nailed that. It's really hard when you're not, there's like a lag time.